Welcome to episode 75 of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I'm actually in Four Stream Studios with all of the hosts. Every host on this show is actually here <laughs> in the flesh. I've got Jonathan. I've got Brad here. Hey. Yep. My present. only... My only question is, has anyone been watching the Olympics? Because I have been watching them religiously. We we, we were late to the game uh, because I, I've i been out for the past couple of weeks. So I was uh, I preached at a summer camp and then I was on vacation. And so we started watching them probably three nights ago. And we've been watching every night since then. But so we're a little mm, late. I've been a little inconsistent, but I've been able to see some great moments. Yeah. Some great swimming moments. Yeah, some great golf moments. I know we're all thinking about America. That. American men won That's gold right. in Xander golf. Xander Shoffley, yeah, yeah, took home the gold. That's exciting. Watched Very the exciting. Simone Biles come back last night. Yep, oh, Simone yeah. Biles won the bronze uh, on the uh, what's it called the balance beam. A yeah. thing mo uh, last night. Thing mo. Uh, won, uh, she's nineteen. Eight hundred from New Jersey. Something. I think yeah. she's nineteen. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. There seem to be a lot of teenagers. Um, yeah. At least in the events that I've watched, there seems to be a lot of really young athletes competing. Yeah. yeah. But love I, the Olympics. My kids love it. Yeah, it's amazing. I also watched a documentary on HBO about Olympic athletes and mental health, and it was very depressing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. It's brutal, man, what they what they go through to train and then all the quali- qualifying rounds they have to go through just to get to the games, and then they have to qualify again just to get to their finals. I mean, it's, totally. it's a lot. Oh, and then what was the event? Oh goodness! Not that long ago, um, I don't. It wasn't a medal race. It was. It was one of the qualifying heats or whatever. It, it was a hurdles. It was a men's hurdle, and the guy tripped before he even made it to the first hurdle. Yeah. So, like all of that, your life is dedicated mm, to this, yeah. Yeah. and his Tokyo Olympics were over before he cleared a single hurdle. Yeah, it's devastating. I'm just. Yeah. I can't imagine. It's devastating. I've personally enjoyed. Watching all the all the odd sports that nobody ever talks about, like okay. like handball, hand dude, handball's crazy. Handball is a lot of fun to watch. Water polo, yeah, that's even um, crazier. I've I've had it on equestrian a little bit. I fell asleep during the equestrian. No offense, <laughs> but you, but you to gave anyone. it a shot. I tried. I I really tried. Uh, canoeing. They had canoeing on last night. Apparently, rock climbing. Is like new, so that's like a new sport to the Olympics. Wow! They had skateboarding. Yeah. I've I've skateboarding. really enjoyed Surf, it all. I've watched year, hours. Right? Surfing, yeah. Surfing Surfing's a thing as well. Surfing was a lot of fun to watch. I we have uh, we had a woman win gold, I think, for the U.S. So I just I love it. It it really gets me into the spirit of like supporting the country, rooting rooting on. Oh, dude, you know, my the, kid, the athletes. My kids get oh, yeah. insanely patriotic. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. Talitha last night is like chanting USA at the TV. It was just, it was, it was really funny. Love it. But it's a lot of fun. I, I've, I've enjoyed it. So, well, guys, you know, while I was gone and missing Olympics and things like that, I did really enjoy the, uh, the Shade Cinema, uh, movie marathon episode that was like <laughs> as long as the film you watched. Almost. How, how long was that episode? <laughs> it was, it was about, an hour 45 it was about minutes. An hour 45. That's insane. <laughs> I saw the runtime. I was like, oh my gosh. I could feel the fatigue. I listened to it on on my ride back from summer camp, so so that was okay. I, I made it through, but no, no, I enjoyed that. But then last week I was on vacation and I went to tee up the episode, and there was nothing there. Yes, we had an incredible episode with designs for hope that did not record. So 
we're going to have to have them back in the studio. I think we should explain. JM had to be out, so it's not our producer's fault. It's, it's the not substitute true. producer's fault. It's not. It's on, it's on my shoulders. <laughs> I accept full responsibility. I officially resigned from my position at Shades Valley Community Church, effective immediately. Well, the one benefit the boot, maybe the boot would have been nice there. The one benefit for me personally is that it means that uh, all the emails that we've received got delayed until I got back. Oh, that's right. It seems like we need to take a trip down the email corridor. Email corridor. So I'm going to read these emails because uh, they're about an episode I had nothing to do with. (laughs) That's good. So we got three emails right here. The first one is from Alec Hirsch, and uh, it, it it I like this email because it captured how I was feeling. The subject line is, me listening to all the film review episodes of Shades Midweek. And then the email is nothing but uh, a series of memes. <laughs> and it's, uh, what's his name, Andy Bernard from The Office? Yep. That's right? Yeah. yeah. The and, Nard Dog. Yeah, the Nard Dog. <laughs> and he's just sitting there like talking to the camera. Um, and he says, so this is Alex saying this is what he's like when he listens to these, uh, episodes. The first one says, uh, I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Hmm. Or an art critic. This painting is bad. (laughs) So that's how, that's how Alec feels when he listens to the, uh, I feel like Alec is selling himself short. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, he sent me... Alec, we're going to have you in. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to have you in to review The Two Towers, which is the second movie in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He's a big Lord of the Rings fan. And for, for all of our dedicated midweek listeners, that is a deep cut insult right there. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, we, have, we should have Alec in for a, for a midweek uh, a yeah. shade cinema. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I agree. All right, email number two. (laughs) Email number two is a submission from uh, Brooke Primo. And the subject uh, says, Wendell Berry episode. And uh, the message is, do a Wendell Berry episode. Uh, Reminded me of him when y'all talked about Terrence Malick. Very similar themes in their work. Keep up the good work. So, gentlemen, uh, there there's an official request on the table for us to do a Wendell Berry episode. W- what I want to know is, have either of you read an entire Wendell Berry work? So, <laughs> if you wouldn't have said entire, I could have said yes, which is what I was planning on doing. Uh, well, so I, I never have. I can commiserate with you. Our listeners are about so, to be very disappointed. So we're definitely but, qualified so to talk about essentially <laughs> what we need to do is have Brooke come in and yeah. we ask questions. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. Berry. Well, I, I'm not going to lie. What I did in response to this email was I ordered a Wendelberry book. Look um, at that. See, here's the thing. Like run, Running in the circles that we run in, I mean, we know who Wendelberry is. We're familiar with the themes from his work. We've read excerpts and different things like that, but none of us have yet made it to be a dedicated Wendelberry reader, and we are all ashamed. It's true. And repent in dust and ashes. I know. But I don't even know that I can be allowed to, to pastor now that I admitted to that. Well, it's public. Anyway, so... But yeah, Brooke, Brooke great, great recommendation. Yeah, yes. for sure. All right, final email, this one. <laughs> Just 
every time. I didn't know. I didn't know it was. Just, a... I was thinking how necessary it was. All right, it's very right. necessary. So this one is from the one and only uh, Ed Hart. Oh, Ed, we love Ed here at the yeah, show. We do, we do. And the subject line is "Great Podcast Episode." I like it already. It's a Ed. strong start. Ed says to the hosts with the most. I wanted to let you guys know how much I enjoyed last week's Shades midweek episode about the farmer's market. So that was a couple of weeks ago for listeners that didn't get to hear it. Mm-hmm. He said, it was cool to hear about the history of the market and especially the role that it's played in helping to foster the West Homewood community and how it influenced, at least to a degree, the neighborhood's transformation. It made me think of a passage that I just recently read in Ecstasis magazine, uh, in an Ecstasis magazine article. Uh, by a guy named Nathan Beacom. I haven't heard of Nathan. Any of y'all heard of Nathan? I haven't. I have heard of the magazine, though. Anyway, he says in his food and spirituality essay, Buttered Transcendence, <laughs> he writes... That's awesome. So this is the quote. In any case, the point is to appreciate food for what it is, to give it the respect it is due, a respected heightened by the fact that most of the things we eat were once alive. And some of them had feelings and relationships and food spots to lay in the sun. <laughs> if this is important, still more important is the respect we owe to uh, those who prepare the food and who grow it and those with whom we eat. Uh, for with them, we really find the nearness of something divine. End quote. I, I feel the need to clarify at this point. I didn't just snicker. Uh, because of the quote right there. There may or may not be children in the studio with us. <laughs> and I may not have been having to watch one of my co-hosts parent a little bit <laughs> while I was trying to read that yes. quote. Yes, and, and it I, was not the content of the I quote. I couldn't keep it together. I was trying. Anyway, uh, so Ed goes on to say, uh, that certainly creates a few interesting images in my mind. Mine too, Ed. Uh, a few that I don't know that I want. <laughs> I just picture killing every piece of meat that I eat. Right. And it's absolutely overwhelming. Right. It reminds me of the, I think it's a Nate Bargetsy joke where he talks about uh, people wanting like their chickens to have a really wonderful, like free range existence. He's like, I don't want that. I want my chickens to be like on the, on the verge of wanting to die. I want it to come as sweet relief kind of thing or something like that. That's it's hilarious. horrible. It's a joke. It's not mine. Oh, <laughs> SVCC does not endorse them. <laughs> Though there are a lot of Bergazzi fans here. Anyway, um, so last paragraph. Uh, Ed says, I was also glad to hear that Jonathan and William referenced Wendell Berry. Huh? More Wendell wow. Berry stuff here. Wow. Something's um, happening. Yeah. As I was, Ed's going to be disappointed now that he knows I haven't actually right. read an entire Wendell Berry book. Um, but he says, uh, as I was listening, I kept wanting to interrupt the podcast and exclaim that you guys needed to be talking about him as a voice for stewardship of the land and animals and the people that cultivate them, mm. uh, in, in a non-institutional or big agricultural way. My introduction to Wintleberry came through his novel, J bar crow. Um, and, and one of his collections, Sabbath poems called a timbered choir, both of which I'd recommend to Bradford's book club. Cue the jingle. Uh, if you are interested, 
<laughs> if you're interested in this stuff and haven't read Wendell Berry, you're missing out. So he just officially scolded all of us. I know. We've rec- read parts. Yeah, we've, we've read, read part of it, but I received it. Ed. Spoiler, I, I don't think Wendell Berry is going to be on the book club this week either. <laughs> I don't think we can tie that in. Uh, he says, and on that note, if you're interested in stewardship of the oceans and haven't watched Sea Spiracy on Netflix, you're also missing out. But that's a whole nother topic for another day. Peace out, Ed. Have either of y'all watched Seaspiracy? No. No, I don't think so. Ed, uh, occasionally... Did you watch it? Occasionally. I have not seen it. Occasionally, when we go uh, away for staff things, we definitely watch documentaries together. That's so true. maybe we'll... Uh, Maybe we'll do some sea spirits. I did watch Blackfish when that was all the rage a couple yeah. years back. Oh, uh, yeah. The Cove. Did anyone see The Cove? I didn't. I saw the trailer and was mortified. I, I, own, <laughs> I actually own it. Um, it's over there if you ever want to see it. But, Isn't um, that the one no about the, like, where they were like killing all the dolphins? Yes. Yeah. 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 Every time I talk to Ed Hart, I feel like he has all these recommendations that I've never heard right, of before. Right, right. He's just he's yeah. just all over the place. Like he has he's so a true, much. He's a renaissance he's like his man. Own, he really he's is his own deep cut. Yes, he, yeah. yeah. He builds. Uh, he does woodworking. He plays paints. music. He paints. Right. He does. Uh, my favorite's his latte art that everybody should check out. Oh yeah, um, we've talked about that here yeah, on the show before. But but yeah, renaissance man for sure. We're gonna have to have you on sometime, Ed. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyway, all right. Is that it for the email corridor? That's it for the email corridor. Email corridor. All right, what's next? Album. JM's album of the week. All right. I don't know about you guys, but uh, lately, you know, I'll just be honest. We like to be honest here on the podcast sometimes. We like to be, we like to be vulnerable. That's right. Even though slightly sarcastic sometimes, even within (laughs) our vulnerabilities. That's right. I'm, I find myself angry. I'm just angry. We got COVID is back on the rise again. Everybody's yelling at each other. Nobody can get along. Everybody has to say something about everything online. And what are you so, talking about, John Mark? <laughs> I, I am unfamiliar with these things you're mentioning. Yeah. And so I find that sometimes... I love, I love how our personalities respond differently because <laughs> JM's angry. Brad, I think... I think I would be accurate in describing yourself as numb, numb <laughs> like just good. going numb, numb's and I'm good. just depressed. <laughs> like that's just we all go in different directions. <laughs> I've been crying, JM's been yelling, and Brad's just trying I've, to feel something. I've seen twelve episodes of a TV show in the past in the past thirty minutes. We laugh because there's nothing else. Yeah, there's nothing else. Yeah. So, oh. well, I find that getting out that anger is really good. It's good to find some music that can... What's your death metal album for the week? <laughs> well, I didn't know what direction he was going to go. Well, I haven't I really... Guessing. I haven't done any any metal or hardcore albums yet on the on JM's album of the week. And uh, <laughs> can you... I don't know if the mics can pick that up, but my two sons are in the other room right now. It's, um, it's perfect. Uh, so the, I was thinking about like, what is the ultimate album that I used to listen to? Because I was in the, I was in the local, uh, hardcore scene here in Birmingham for a while. I played in bands with John Ball and, um, there is footage, there is footage of that. And we, we have an EP, although you can't find it on Spotify or anything. But, um, so I li- used to listen to a lot of this music and a lot of the bands were Christian. And so this is one of my favorite bands and one of my favorite albums. Turn your stereos down now. Turn if you don't, if you don't down, like it's going to get loud. Music. We're going to get angry, but I find this is a better, 
outlet than say, like some people get angry and they're like, I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm just going to start yelling at random strangers that I don't know and telling them that I'm right. And it's like, maybe you should just listen to some music that can some hardcore music, some hardcore music. So, uh, this album is called the fiance. The band is the chariot. Here's a little taste. of this. Yes. I'm so stressed out right now. Yes. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's Christian. <laughs> My heart rate just went up. I think for me, I think for me, I think for me, it's the screaming. I think that's what does it. Dude, no, when the guitars first came in, it, like I was like, just that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose it. I think I'm okay with the guitars. I, th- I think it's the stream. <laughs> JM's gonna make us listen to this for the next half hour. We've we've officially lost every. This everybody. album is so much fun. The album's ten songs. It's twenty nine minutes long. It's real quick. Um, listen to the the first eight tracks. They do this thing with the titles, and they kind of make a little poem with the titles of the songs. So here are the titles real quick. Back to back, they faced each other. They drew their swords. Do you not know this poem? And shot each other. They didn't make this up. The deaf policeman heard this heard noise. this noise came and, and came to kill the two dead boys. Yeah. I learned that in elementary school. It's it's like a little poem. Well, now you're thing. just making me more angry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little poem thing that um <laughs> That uh, I don't know. That's what you get for calling me out, Jonathan. You're gonna have to tell me when the music stops. I've taken my headphones off. I mean, I'm sure I've heard it before. I feel like we have some hardcore fans at Shades. Oh, Adam, Nichols, yeah, Jeff Stalkup, Jeff Stalkup, yeah. Victor Garnier, right? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't so. know if I don't know if he was into that music. He maybe. was way okay. into ska for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a little yeah, different. <laughs> different five. Uh, um, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. JM goes and listens to that. I I go because I'm depressed and listen to Dashboard Confessional. Brad, what do you listen to to be numb? Nothing. <laughs> Just you go to TV. Yeah, maybe like Cigarettes or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Just kind of disconnect. All right. Well, Brad, yeah. do you have a hardcore book for us? I do. This week, I have a book authored by Wendell Berry. <laughs> no, that's not the case. I'm sorry. Yes, this week, I am bringing a devotional, a daily devotional oh, to we, the table. We need that. Yes, don't we? And it's a daily devotional on the Psalms. We're doing a series on the Psalms here at Shades. So I thought this would be a 
good book for this week. It is by Dane Ortland, who some of you might know is the author of Gentle and Lowly. It's a book that I've recommended in Bradford's book club before. It's titled it's in... Captain, we need to get you a seal. Like it like, like goes on the cover of books. It's a seal of approval kind of thing or something. Totally. 100%. So that's Dane Ortland. He is a, he's a pastor. He's a theologian. He's a prolific author. You can see if you go to Amazon and click on his name, everything that he's written. But he's written this lovely little devotional that's good for the soul. In the Lord, I take refuge. And I'll just read a little sample from Psalm 116. It's the psalm that I preached on this past Sunday, a psalm of thanksgiving. This is what Dane says as he reflects on the passage. He says, Does the Bible try to lift you out of your real life, your life in which pain is so pervasive that at times you can think of nothing except life's difficulties? Does the Bible try to bring you into a softer reality than the one you are immersed in? Does the Bible minimize or neglect adversity? Not at all. Reflecting on the Psalms, the Psalm, he says, I suffered distress and anguish. I was brought low, tears, stumbling, alarm. The Bible is filled with utter realism. The Bible does not teach that you are to get out of your pain and into God, the way some other world religions might. The Bible teaches that God comes out of heaven and into your pain. We do not come to God on the other side of pain. God comes to us in our pain. And here's why. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. So check it out where books are sold. Dane, Ortland, Daily Devotional. It's great. You can wake up, get a cup of coffee, sit by a window, take your Wendell Berry book with you and <laughs> your Dane Ortland Devotional, the scriptures, and, and, and uh, get the day started off right. Yeah. So check it out. Yeah. Oh, no. I totally missed that. I, it was very it was, calming was after the last experience. It was experience. the exact opposite of what we just went through. <laughs> was it good? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it wasn't like this? Oh, my. Please stop. It wasn't like that? All right. Well, that came back. Um, it's like COVID came back. And you know what else is back, boys? School is back. School is back. Yeah, and that's that's uh, actually what we're going to talk about on today's and I'm, episode. I'm going to head out, but I love you guys. My my kids are in the studio, and uh, I'm not going to be able to make it through a whole episode, but I at least wanted to get you guys started so that we actually have an episode this week. <laughs> make sure. <so. laughs> well, Brad, we, we, appreciate, we appreciate your diligence, John yeah. Mark. I'm not. I'm not really angry. It was. Uh, I, I was acting. All yes, I totally. It's, it's all. It's all for the podcast. Yeah, it's really just for content. I mean, right? really, you're yeah. not you're not even actually John Mark Darrow right, right now. You're just playing a character, it's John a Mark Darrow. Yeah, it's kind of like yes. the character, just like Stephen, Stephen Colbert. Colbert. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, exactly yeah. what I was going to say. <laughs> just like that, genius. I love you guys and oh, have fun genius. on the uh, the rest of the episode. Yeah, man. All right. Yeah. So for the rest of the episode, we are actually going to be talking about school uh, and the kiddos going back to school and all of that uh, because. One, it's on my brain a lot because there are some major shifts that have gone on in the Haves household as far as schooling goes this oh, year. Oh, yeah? What's been happening? Uh, well, so we have, uh, and by we, I mean Holly, um, <laughs> has been homeschooling our children um, since they since CARE started school. 
so many years ago. And that's that's the format of school we've done all the way up mm. to this point. But that's shifting uh, this fall. So Karis, uh, Levi, and Talitha, my three eldest, are all going to Hoover City Public Schools this mm. fall. Uh, Asher starts K-5, but he will be homeschooled. Uh, and then Solomon, of course, is too young to be start anything, so he'll just be hanging around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so first time my kiddos are doing something different than homeschooling, and they're going to public school. And and the reason I wanted to talk about this is is one, I actually get asked about uh, schools and school choices, and where should I send my kids to school? You know, what's better, public school, private school, homeschool? What's the best option? All that. I, I've gotten asked that question a lot. Uh, one could say frequently. This mm-hmm. is a Pastor Facts episode. That's true. Frequently asked questions. We need a jingle for it. We do. Um, but kind of uh, I, the, the frequently asked question for pastors being, what kind of schooling is best for my kids? You know, and, mm-hmm. and I've gotten asked that all throughout my 20 years in ministry because I started in youth ministry. And so, Brad, I'm sure you've probably even gotten questions like this before mm-hmm. from parents as they're considering different schooling options. Um you know, what, what do I need to do? Where do I send them? What's best? Yada, 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 all of that. Beneath it being, where should Christians send their kids <laughs> for school? Right. Right? Right. Yeah. And so I, um, I thought, since I get asked that question all the time, and specifically this year, because my family's making a schooling change, and I'm getting asked about that. So, mm. uh, so as we shared with people, and people have found out, they've been asking, well, why did you make that change? You know, like, is this like a convictional shift or, or what have not? Um, and then I also know, like, uh, like, like it's like people have approached me, like apparently, uh, like it's getting passed around a little bit. Not that's a bad thing. We don't care. Um, but, but people have been like, hey, I hear your kids are going to, to public school this year, and so it's just a topic of conversation. So I was like, oh, let's just address the whole thing. Let's address it publicly <laughs> here on the podcast. Let's. So that's really all this is about. Let's it's, have a tell-all. <laughs> It's just about my children and what's happening. Um, no, I, I because it is a frequently asked question, and I'm getting asked a lot about it again. I was like, ah, let's let's talk about it right now. Totally, right, right as school's coming back. Yeah. So, uh, but, and and one of the reasons I really wanted to take the the chance to address it is because people are uh, just a little opinionated, um, you know, passionately so on this particular issue. Uh, you you jokingly mm. said, you know, Brad earlier, the question under the question is like. What should Christians do as yes. far as schooling their kids go? But sometimes it can feel that way. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it can feel like, oh, well, if you're a really dedicated Christian, then obviously you homeschool. Or if you're a really dedicated Christian, then you want your kids in public school where they can be sharing the gospel. Or if you're right. a really dedicated Christian, you send them to a private Christian school. Yeah. You know, like like yeah. you can get that sense. And, yeah. and for a lot of parents, it can lead to guilt. Mm-hmm. I think anytime, man, I, I would find this all the time. Anytime I'd be in a conversation about schooling and I would tell somebody that my children were homeschooled, they, they almost immediately began to share all the reasons they didn't homeschool, like almost trying to justify, like they felt like they needed to justify. Almost like you saying what you're doing with your kids is a criticism <laughs> right, of right. what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we all do this. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I mean, we can't do that because, you know, or we send our kids to public school because of this or a private school because of that or, or whatever. Yeah. Right. We've thought about it, I promise. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And and so there seems to just be, uh, especially, in, I mean, I I don't in the circles I've run in in Christian circles, mm-hmm. this kind of feeling of guilt, 
or even shame or pressure or whatever. And I I think that can only be amplified in a world of social media where people's people's decisions are kind of before you all the time. Right. You know, so you're seeing, you know, the homeschool kids who are spending all the time with their parents and, you know, making the cool crafts and going on these field trips every three seconds or, Mm. or you're you're seeing all the parents who are sending their kids to school and uh, there's the first day school picks all over the place. Right. They get the lunchbox book bag experience. I mean, like, you know, I think it doesn't matter what you do with your kids. I I think everybody can feel a certain level of guilt and am I doing the right thing? And yeah. So we thought that we would definitively answer this for everybody. Yes. And just say, this is the Christian answer. This is what you do. (laughs) End of story. (laughs) It's black and white. It's very simple. Yes, this is going to be our most controversial ep of all time. We're I can't gonna, wait. We're just going to get tons of, of emails. Um, <laughs> no. So so what I thought we'd do to kind of start off this discussion is start off by owning our own experience. So, um, like, w- what is our personal, Brad, yours and mine, what's mm-hmm. our schooling experience that we went through? Um, because I, I want people to know if we have biases or, or whatever – you know, and then what are our schooling experiences with uh, our kids? You know, because I mean, clearly, I want to know what choices you've made for um, Oxford. Oxford, yes, yeah. yeah. So, Brad, what was what was your schooling experience growing up? So, my schooling experience was I went to a church preschool, and then another church preschool. Did you drop out of the first one? I got kicked out. <laughs> no, my mom thought I needed another year before. I went into kindergarten, and then I went into public school, and then I was in public school for essentially the rest of my life, elementary school, middle school, high school, college. I went to Auburn, and until I went to Beeson Divinity School for seminary, which you could say is a Christian private school, I guess. Is that fair? Uh, I I think it's probably off the beaten path of the uh, middle school, high school experience we're talking about, but... (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's just a different thing altogether. Yes. Yeah. And I and do o- not have kids. Oxford, so, you know, right? Oxford is homeschooled. <laughs> have you uh, Have you and Jordan talked about schooling options at all? You know, we have. Do you have a leaning or something? Just, we, just, we want to let people know what your biases right. are. That's right. You know, I think we're pretty open right now, right. to be honest. Yeah. She's... <laughs> this isn't fair. To be, If she was here, she would have lots of opinions. <laughs> So she, we'll have to have her on at some point so she can share her opinions. But sure. I feel pretty open at this point. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, so my experience is a little all over the place. Uh, I was a preschool dropout. That is that is a legit story. Uh, I went to a uh, church preschool and told my dad I didn't want to go anymore. And he's like, you don't have to. <laughs> so I dropped out. Um, but no, I started at public school, mm-hmm. uh, Lee County School System uh, in Leesburg, Georgia. Uh, and I went to public school kindergarten through sixth grade. Um, so all the way into middle school. And then in seventh grade, my parents put me in a local private Christian school, uh, Sherwood Christian Academy. And that was mostly my desire. I had a lot of, I I went to the church, you know, a lot of Christian schools are attached to a church somehow, Mm -hmm. not necessarily physically building wise, but just organizationally. Right. Right. And so, uh, I, I had grown up at Sherwood church um, and so a lot of my friends that I knew from church went there that I'd grown up around. Um, and I also, I played basketball in church league basketball with a lot of, uh, those guys growing up and I wanted to play school basketball with them. 
Mm. Um, and so that was really honestly my biggest motivation as a seventh grader. Naturally. Um, right. <laughs> so I went there for seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. So got middle school experience in public and private, and then got some high school experience in private school. And then my junior year, I decided to go back to public school. That's a long story, but we can talk about that later. But it was my decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so went back to Lee County High School. My senior year was weird uh, in that I did uh, a secondary option program, which basically means I took all of my classes. You, you could take some of them, but I took all of my classes at the local junior college, and I got dual credit. I got college mm-hmm. credit for them, but I was also getting credit at my high school for my senior year. So I still walked my senior year, but that was the only time I showed up at my high school. So like my mm-hmm. senior year of college, of High school, freshman year of college were basically the same year. So I graduated from public school, had experience with that in high school. Um, I went to a junior college. Uh, Then I did distance learning uh, to complete my undergrad. So I've got some distance learning experience. And then I went to Beeson Divinity School, uh, same place that you did. So I've kind of had a little bit of a smorgasbord of an experience with my yeah. with myself and and I married Holly who was homeschooled. Yeah. So you know Holly was homeschooled, yeah. yeah tick Jordan, that box. <laughs> Jordan was Christian private school essentially all the way through. Right. And even into college. Right. Holly actually she did go to the same public school system that I went to kindergarten through 5th grade. She mm. became a homeschooler for 6th grade and was homeschooled for the rest of middle school high school. Mm. So those are our personal experiences and as far as my kids I've already shared you know what they've done, that they've been homeschooled this whole time uh, until this year, and they are headed to uh, Hoover City yeah. homeschools. So, well, and I think just off the uh, bat, it's important to acknowledge that that does have an effect on how you view schooling. I mean, it can't help but have an effect on how you see public school or private school or homeschool. Oh, oh. what's weird, what's normal, <laughs> right, right, and for sure, and in either direction. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you had a you could have had a positive or negative experience with public school, positive or negative with private school. You know, I, I mean, I know people that uh, graduated from private school who had a great experience. And so they want that for their kids. And yeah. then there's other people that are like, I would never send my kids to a private right. school totally. based off their experience. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that that, I mean, just, well, let's just lead into the, the next thing I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. So, so basically like kind of thinking through, how are we going to approach like making a decision for our children? Um, you know, I, uh, I think there are, there's a couple of different things I want to walk through. Um, so the first thing that I want to walk through are three realities. So there, there, no matter as we make this decision, there are three realities that all of us face. And the first reality is what we were just beginning to describe. And that is there are pros and cons to every kind of schooling. Mm. Um, you know, and 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 people based on their experiences may view those pros and cons differently. But, right, I, yeah. but I think it's important to acknowledge that. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no perfect schooling, and sometimes it even depends. Like, you know, one public school compared to the next public school, or one private school compared to the next private school. Like, they're not all the same. Totally. You know, so a lot of it can depend on curriculum. It can depend on the teachers that are there. It can depend on mm-hmm. the kind of student you are. So the city you're in. I mean, all of that has a shaping effect. Yeah. So to speak in very generic terms, yeah. you know, when I talk about pros and cons of every kind of schooling, some of the common things you might hear in discussions among Christian parents if you talk about public school. Pros. Uh, finances. <laughs> Which is significant. <laughs> yeah, you're already paying for that, um, you know, through your local taxes. Yeah. Um, 
I mentioned earlier, witness. You mm-hmm. know, it gives our kids a chance to bear witness to their faith and to their friends. It gives them a chance to be sharpened mm-hmm. um, because they have to interact with people who are diverse from yeah. them. Um, private schools tend to not have a whole lot of diversity. Right, yeah. Um, that, and, uh, and the same for parents and in regards ho- to witness. Homeschooling has even less diversity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just mean that it's just you and your kids. Um <laughs> But yeah, um, so those can be, you know, some things viewed as positives about going to public school. N- negatives, um, you know, there's your, your kid is going to be influenced by a worldview very different, mm-hmm. you know, from the worldview that you're trying to instill in them. Uh, there's going to be a lot of varying and competing values that they're faced with. Um, and that can be challenging. That could be hard. Maybe they're faced with things they're not ready to be faced with. I mean, I mentioned, there's just me being honest again, speaking out of my own experience. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that I went to public school early on. Uh, I mean, I was exposed to a lot and got a sex education very quickly mm-hmm. um, just by riding the bus. Sure, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that happens everywhere all the time. I'm just saying, like, those can be things that some people may generally say are drawbacks right, to, yeah. to maybe going to a public school. Um, same with private Christian school. Uh, well, well, pros there. Um Instilling Christian values. Yep. Yay. This can be a prayer, devotion, chapel, Christian mentors, just um, teachers. What what could be some negative things? Well, maybe being constantly surrounded and inundated by um, people of the same faith makes you grow. um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Callous. Yeah. And maybe a little too strong. But Mm. just. you know, you're unmotivated. This is the norm. It's the yep. regular. Maybe you're never challenged to think yeah. any differently. Uh, this this is something I'll share about a little bit more in my own story. But uh, my faith thrived in a public school setting, mm. and and not in the private Christian school school setting because I wasn't being challenged on and having to have conversations with people who were different than me. And I just kind of took my faith for granted. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that could be a drawback. Uh, what about homeschool? Uh, well, pros, customization. Um, yes. If you want uh, a hand in what your kids are learning and being taught, this gives you full hands-on, man. Um, you know, you choose the books, you choose it all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, customization. Um, time with your kids. I mean, mm-hmm. you get a lot. Flexibility. Of, yeah, um, flexibility. Um, what, what are some cons? I think the one that everybody goes to is social. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like for people that say they're homeschooled, they feel this need to defend themselves after they say it. Just right. a general vibe yeah. that I've experienced. Oh, so so this will be the flip. You know, when I was talking earlier about saying I homeschool and people maybe would defend their decisions to do other types of schooling, mm-hmm. I would immediately be defending like, oh, but my kids, they, they get lots of social time. Uh, they have friends. Right. They, exactly. they, inter- they interact with human beings. They're not weird. Um, <laughs> totally. You know, um, totally. So, you know, because of stereotypes. And I actually feel like that stereotype is going away a little bit. I think it was truer when, uh, you know, years ago. Yes. Um, but, um, but yeah. So, uh, a con could be, you know, uh, the lack of social participation, uh, the opportunity to participate in clubs yep. at school. Maybe some resources that resources. schools might have, yeah. I mean, those are some of the things my kids are excited about. Levi's going to do band. He's really excited about that. Mm. That that was not what's, available. What's he want to play? Uh, he wants to play drums. Yeah. Like, I mean, what I think my a man. lot of kids do. But yes. we'll see what happens. He'll probably come home with a clarinet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> drums aren't super exciting in middle school uh, band. But, um, you know, I said a positive might be time with your kids. Maybe a con is time with your kids. 
You know, it's funny. As we were thinking through the pros and the cons, I was like, I feel like everyone could take the pro or con and flip it. Right, flip them. Yeah, yeah, depending, yeah, depending upon the, on situ- who you are, the situation. Yeah, what your personality is, all of that. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so these are just – I'm just throwing out – I'm not saying these things are true at all times and all places. Just throwing out generic yes. things that people list off to say the reality is there are pros and cons yes. to every kind of schooling. Yeah. There's no perfect kind of school. Yeah, totally. Second reality. Um, there is no guaranteed formula. There's no guaranteed formula. And what, what, what do you I mean by that, what I mean by that, um, is that all too often we as parents, and I throw myself into this big time, uh, whether it's with school, whether it's with discipline, whether it's with whatever, all too often we are seeking a formula for that, that, that will guarantee a particular outcome. Hmm. Here, if you do discipline this way, it's going to guarantee your kid turns out like this. Yeah. What are some of those outcomes you think we want? Success, mm. you know, great education, um, uh, good citizen, well uh, res- respects authority, uh, you know, mature believer, mature believer, um, all of these things. Yeah, these are mm-hmm. our, our, our hopes and desires, and and so sometimes we can come to the school conversation under the hope that oh well. If you get the schooling right, it will have this guaranteed outcome. Are you saying we want control, Jonathan? <laughs> Is that what you're asserting? The sovereignty? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... and it, I, We all know that, that such a formula does not exist. Sure, yeah. It doesn't matter what type of schooling you look at. Um, there... There are kids that come out of public school that are massively, incredibly successful and kids that come out with a lot of challenges. And mm-hmm. same with private school, same with homeschool, same with, same with all schoolings. Like totally. There, there's just a million and one factors at play aside from just the type of schooling you know, yeah. that, you, um, that you choose. So, so all too often we as parents are seeking a formula when what we should be seeking is faithfulness. Mm. Like how do I... Faith. Well, I'm, I'm about to get ahead of myself, <laughs> um, but like, but like, how do I faithfully parent, even as I make decisions about where my kid should go to school? Sure, yeah. So, so that's the second reality. Mm-hmm. There's no guaranteed formula, and the third reality uh, is this is a uh, uh, biblically this question. Uh, this is a wisdom issue, not a sin issue. And what I mean by that is this isn't like a right and a wrong, like. You're sinning if you send your kid to this type of school. You're telling me Jesus says nothing about public schools? <laughs> or, or you're sinning if you don't do this kind of schooling or whatever. It, yeah, there's not a clear scriptural mandate Yeah, yeah, for no, one of the options. There's Christian freedom here. Mm. There's Christian freedom. Um, and so this is a wisdom issue. It's about you doing the best you can as a parent to make a wise decision. Yeah. So that takes us from these three realities to how do we do that? Well, and as I reflect on all three of those realities, I think it just takes so much pressure off. Pressure to make the perfect decision. Pressure to create the perfect formula. Pressure to do the one right thing that ensures a flourishing future. Right. Or the wrong thing that destroys and blows up everything. Yeah. I mean, we could add to this reality, these realities here, you know, we need to remember the reality of God's sovereignty. Yeah. Like that should cause us to rest. Yeah. And take totally. that pressure off, rest in him. Yes, we are responsible human beings. We need to parent responsibly, make the wisest choice we can, 
but you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, like hopefully these things relieve, yeah, some of that pressure. That's my hope. Yeah, and totally. one of the reasons I wanted to do this uh, this episode. Well, and the last thing I was thinking was it takes away that sense of another person's decision is a criticism of what I'm doing because right. there is freedom. There's a ball field in which we can all play on and make different moves, and one person's move isn't an inherent criticism of your move. And so that frees you to enter into the community, not in a posture of defensiveness, but in a posture of love and service and right. joy. Right. Absolutely. So that kind of, we, we boiled down to, uh, this is a wisdom issue. You're trying to make the wisest choice as a parent. So that leads naturally to how do I do that? how do I actually make a wise decision? And so yeah. I've got three questions for you. Uh, I think these are three questions you can ask yourself that will help you as a parent to make a wise decision for, for your child when it comes to schooling. So question number one, what's best for my child? What's best for my child? You know your kid. You know mm. your kid's personality. You know their strengths. You know their weaknesses. You know, and they may be even different. I, I notice I said what's best for my child, not what's best for my children. Right. Um, like your kids may be different mm-hmm. and different school settings may be good for them. Uh, I shared earlier just a second ago that for my faith and I would say for my academics, public school was it, what ended up being best for me. It was not what was best for my younger brother. Mm-hmm. He would end up graduating from the private Christian school in town. And that's mm-hmm. what ended up being best for him, for his faith and for him academically. Yeah. And I'm really thankful that my parents weren't like locked in to know we've got our minds and hearts set on just one right way to do these things. They, they were, they were, as we got older, they involved us in the decision and mm-hmm. they listened to us and, mm-hmm. and, and saw it, you know, where our hearts were. Um, but they didn't just flat let us make the decision. They were parents. So they, you know, they made the decision. But, uh, but they they did it based upon each of us as individuals. And uh, and I, I was just really grateful for that. So I think that as a parent, like you, you got to ask for each child, what's best for, for this? All of my kids aren't doing the same thing this year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, totally. So we're we're still homeschooling with with Asher. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I think you start there. That's question number number one. Question number two, what is best for my family? So you're moving out now from you start with the the individual child. Now the circle gets a little bit wider. What's best for my family? In other words, when I'm talking about my family, I might be thinking about my family's schedule. Mm -hmm. So what's best for us and our schedule wise? You know, one of the things that Holly and I are not particularly excited about moving into uh, public school is the schedule. Because none of our family lives in town. So homeschooling mm-hmm. was a massive advantage for us when mm-hmm. it came to being able to go see family. So, you know, but but we've weighed other options and obviously we've landed where we have for a reason. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so what's best for my family? Maybe that's schedule. Maybe that's a question of finances. Yeah. You know, wh- one of the things I want to acknowledge right here, even as we have this conversation, is this conversation is not one that every family can have. Totally. Like, do I send my kid to, do I homeschool them? Do I send them to public school? Some families are in positions where they only have one option. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually that option being public school. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and maybe that's because of job situations. Maybe right. it's because of financial situations or, or whatever it is. Um, but they may not have any options. And, right. Yeah. 
And what, what I want to say to, to those families is you don't need to feel guilty. Um, you're doing what's best for your family. Mm-hmm. All three of these options um, are not available to me. Just being honest, mm. um, at least not without massively changing our family setup. Right. Um, we, we can't just being transparent and I'm not complaining on any level. We, we can't afford private school. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's fine. I'm not complaining at all. Um, or, or, or anything like that. Um, homeschooling, we were able to do for much cheaper. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, uh, so, so, so I, I just wanted to, to bring that to the front and say, if you're a family out there that you're like, you know, because of what I make or because I'm a single parent or because of whatever, like public school is my only option. You do not need to feel guilty about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, removing the guilt. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. what is best, you know, for, for your child and for your, family uh so not just schedule not just finances that you that could uh what's best for my family could uh, have a relational piece to it mm. um so sometimes uh there are kids who uh homeschooling situation may be really difficult um to have that teacher relationship with their parent mm-hmm. and maybe they need to be in a position where the only relationship they're sharing with their parent is parent yeah. to child Totally. You know, um, I mean, there could be all sorts of different challenges there. Totally. So, so many things to consider. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think question one is what's best for my child. Question two, what's best for my family. And then question three is how can I disciple my child faithfully in this schooling situation I've chosen? Mm. That's got to be a pivotal question that you ask, no matter what you're doing, homeschool, yeah. private Christian school, public school, whatever, uh, Parents, as parents, we bear the primary responsibility for discipling our kids. Church comes alongside and supports and helps, but but we bear that primary responsibility. And even if we uh, have a homeschool curriculum that's Christian based, or we're sending them to a private Christian school, like like we're not farming out their discipleship, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I think uh, it doesn't matter what kind of schooling. That's that's an important question you've got to be. Oh, totally. To it reminds me about our conversation we had about the will of God. And so often we fixate on making the right decision. So is it is it going to be homeschooling or is it going to be private school? And you pray and you think about all the options and you spend so much time considering which decision, which I'm not saying that's wrong. That's good to do. And you do that. And then you don't consider the last point that you just made, which is how do we live faithfully as uh, parents who are homeschooling our kids? How do we live faithfully as parents who have put our kids in public school? And so often when it comes to decisions, do I go to this college or do I go to this college? Do I marry this person or do I marry this person? Whichever decision you make, follow Jesus in whatever you do. Right. Love him, serve him. That's his will for you. That's his desire. Yeah. And so I think that last point is is so important yeah. for not only the decision, but then what rhythms are we going to embody mm-hmm. with this dynamic that we're now in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the episode that Brad mentioned was a previous Pastor Facts episode where uh, I think the question's like, how do I know the will of God? Yeah. And What's every the will of God. For right. Right. And, er- like and everything yeah. talked about there can apply to, to this decision making process for sure. Yeah, 100%. So these are the questions that, you know, I'm asking myself and and Holly and I are asking together, you know, as we think about the decisions for our children and we're trying to make a wise decision. 
what's best for our kid, uh, what's best for our family. We're praying through it, uh, seeking how we can faithfully disciple them in the midst of it. Um, and then we're making a decision, you know, and, and walking forward with that. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I've always been thankful for, people would ask me whenever somebody asked, uh, what we did for school, uh, I would say, well, we homeschool this year. <laughs> I would be like, we're not dedicated to always doing this forever now and no other options. Um, and, and, and that's, that's, yeah. that's the truth for our family every year. Um, this might work this year. And I mean, we might through this process learn for one of our kids, Oh, this wasn't the best option. We need to seek a different one or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, you know, so it's interesting you saying that this is a little bit off topic, but I was recently listening to a theologian. His name's JP Moreland. I think he's at Biola and he was talking about his struggle with anxiety. And one of the things that he said is he realized how much time he was spending in the future mm. mentally years down the road, thinking about what if this happens or what if this happens. And so he said for himself, he realized that he only needed to think about a week out and then maybe he would take a time and he would schedule like, you know, a few months out, but then he said he wouldn't think about it. Mm. He would only think about his, his upcoming week. And he was shocked at how much that helped him reduce his anxiety. He cited a study that said that 94% of the things that we fear about in our thoughts about the future don't come true, Mm. which I thought was really interesting. And so I think there, there can be some wisdom there in regards to like, well, what am I going to do six years from now with my kid in school? And what if they need to do this? Well, then at that time you can make an adjustment and they can go and the Lord will see them through. But Brad, I have perfectly charted their course all the way to Yale. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, I mean, you know, and and there's nothing wrong with wanting your kids to, to be successful and and to succeed and, and all of that. I do think that as Christians, we need to have a biblical definition of successful, um, which we can talk mm-hmm. about another time. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think, I, I hope that, that this relieves some pressure, gives mm-hmm. some freedom. So those three questions, as you're trying to make a wise decision, what's best for my child, what's best for my family, and how, no matter what we decide, how can we faithfully disciple our children in this schooling situation? And my hope is, and we've been talking about this all throughout, but my hope is that recognition of these three realities and asking these three questions, my hope is that it leads to three results. So just to finish up quickly here, number one, I hope it leads to peace for parents. Um, I, I, I really do think that, you know, formula is not the way to go. Faithfulness in parenting is the way to go. And so I hope that that what we've discussed today and talked about, I hope it's helpful. I hope it's beneficial. Um, and I hope it lets you exhale, mm-hmm. you know, totally. a little bit and, and experience some some peace and, and relief of that pressure. Yeah. Um, the second result I hope for is I hope that students will be set up for success. Uh, and what I mean by that primarily is that they will, as we pay attention to our individual children, what's best for them, what's best for our family. And we put them in a position where we are going to be faithfully discipling them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ultimately what's going to set our kids up for success. What we believe is success is them knowing and loving Jesus and making him known. Yeah. Um, and when we uh, dedicate ourselves to discipling, that's not a formula that guarantees something, but it's, that's why I use the word students being set up. I think, I think if we're dedicated to our kids, spiritual health, no matter the schooling situation they're in, um, we're doing the best we can to set them up. We're being faithful parents. Mm-hmm. 
not finding that formula, but being faithful parents. So I hope this leads to peace for parents. I hope it, it helps students to have a good shot at success um, and, and loving and knowing Jesus and making him known. And then the third result is that I hope it leads to um, peace in the body of Christ. What I mean is all those conversations we have with each other about what are you doing for your kids with school. I hope that these realities, these questions can help to kill some guilt and shame. Yeah. I hope we can all exhale and quit trying to justify. Yes. Um, Self-justify to one another. Prove ourselves. Like you can just say, I'm a good parent. I care about my kids. Right. I want my kid to love Jesus. You don't, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You can just say, this is what we do. Yeah. And that's fine. That is the good news of Christian freedom. (laughs) You don't have to prove it's best. You don't have to, you know, yes. give your justifications. You just Are you saying we can be doing different things and both be following the Lord faithfully in this area, Jonathan? <laughs> I, do, I sure hope so. And that one person's decision doesn't mean that another person is a horrible Christian or a parent? I know amazing faithful parents uh, that pursue all three different paths of school that we've talked about. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I really hope it can lead to some some peace um in in the body of christ and um yeah yeah that's it so so for us it's awesome if you want to specifically know i didn't answer at all why we've made the decision to send our children to uh to public school the the three if you want to know ask me uh yes um i'm i'm happy to to share about that if you want to know why we're continuing to homeschool asher ask me um, happy to share about that. We're always happy to talk about our, our kiddos. And I promise, I promise, nothing I say or share will be aimed at trying to make you feel guilty for what you're doing with your kiddos. Um, I think we all just need to be intentional. Yes. Ha- know why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And be seeking to disciple our kids no matter what that totally. is. Totally. All while trusting the Lord's providence. That's good. That's good. Well, as always, we want to hear your thoughts about homeschooling private school public school <laughs> do we shoot us an email <laughs> not promising we're going to respond to it but nonetheless <sighs> shoot us an email midweek at shadesvalley.org where you can enter the conversation i kind of like that tagline <laughs> that tagline uh-huh. midweek at shadesvalley.org where you can enter the conversation no but we appreciate you listening and we do hope that this conversation has given you rest rest in christ been another episode of